I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute, and if you're new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan, I'm your host, and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from The Cut and my general pop culture musings. First off, I have to thank Tasha for sending me the most beautiful Estelle martini glasses. They're in this gorgeous, like, peach shade. She said she got it in honor of Kinda Cute's first logo. We love a throwback. They're in this coupe shape. Guys, I don't have a single martini glass, which is shocking considering this gal loves a dirty martini, loves an espresso martini. Not to sound completely cliche, but they are chic. They are Gorgina. Um, She got them in honor of Kind of Cute's 100th episode, and I really just can't thank her enough. I love them. I cannot. I haven't used them yet because I haven't made a fancy cocktail and I'm just so excited. I like want to make a cute TikTok, like an aesthetic TikTok. Anyways, you guys never need to send me gifts, but um, I'm just so appreciative of it. And if you really want to give a great gift to Kind of Cute, just remember that you can always give it a five-star rating, a written review on Apple Podcasts, but maybe most importantly, share it with a friend. A great way to do that is like post it on your Instagram story and make sure you tag uh, at Bailey Evan or at Kind of Cute Podcast so I can make sure to see it. But sharing it is such a great way to like let your friends know about it. Someone who you might not even think would be interested might pick up on it and get into it. Anyways, thank you guys again. I know I've been like thanking you every episode for like being with me for two years and 100 episodes. I'm about to get over my sappiness, but I just, again, wanted I to you guys to know how thankful I truly am. And as a complete non sequitur, I wanted to talk about how Olive Garden has this commercial out where they use Selena Gomez's song, If You're At It, Come and Get It. You know that one, which is a jam, honestly. But it's funny to me because that song has been out for a while. And I love that, like, I'm like, did Selena sign off on, like, having her song used in an Olive Garden commercial? I just, it's like the collab I didn't know I needed. And she's not in the commercial at all. (laughs) But I'm telling you, there's something about Olive Garden. I know it's not authentic. I know it's a chain. But tell me that you are not held captive by that freaking drumstick drumstick oh my god the breadstick salad soup lunch combo that was like my high school experience there was nothing better to me on a weekend than like going to the mall with my mom and like being like do you want to get olive garden soup soup and salad bottomless soup and salad (sighs) now it's sad because they don't have a lot of vegetarian soups I mean I haven't been to an olive garden in a while but Last time I checked, the only one that was vegetarian is their minestrone. And minestrone is like on the bottom of the soup hierarchy at Olive Garden. My favorite was the Zupa Toscana. I mean, elite. The pasta fajoule. Which, can someone explain to me why it's pronounced pasta fajoule? Because is that just like an Italian-Americanization of fagioli? Because fagioli is like how you say beans. So I don't see how you how it became... Is that like how people say prosciutto? If anyone can educate me on that, like, please let me know. Um, I talked about on my last episode how my legit shit, which I actually I was listening back and I called it my deep cut. I said deep cut twice. Ugh, every time I listen back, I'm like, Bailey, get your shit together. But I was trying to say that Pledge the Book was my legit shit for the week. It's written by Alexandra Robbins. I talked about how I loved her books growing up. I read like almost all of them. I was looking at the one she's written. I think the only one I haven't read is she did one about nurses, so I need to get that one. 
But I realized she had come out with a new book like in 2020-ish or 2021 called Fraternity. And it talks about the fraternity pledging process. So I ordered that last week. It just arrived last night. And while I was ordering, I was like, oh my God, like I should ask Alexandra to come on the podcast. And I saw she had done one other like short podcast with a uh, podcast that does book reviews. And I was like, oh my gosh, maybe she would come on because that that podcast wasn't like a super huge podcast. So I reached out to her. I haven't heard anything back yet. I'm sure you guys are like, Bailey, your pitches must be awful because you say you reach out to so many people to come on and like no one even responds. That's that's the funny part. No one even says like, oh no, like I'm just like not really in the headspace to do a podcast right now. Like I'm not interested. I'm too busy. People just don't answer. <laughs> and this time, I like, I try to send, like, if they have a business email in their email, I always will send it to that. Like, I don't just, like, try to slide into their DMs. I try to do it professionally, guys. And I am just coming up so dry. And I swear, I think my email etiquette is okay. Like, I think I come across as nice and interested. And I always specialize it to the person and, sh- and talk about how, like, w- you know, how they would fit into my episode. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I mean, I'm still holding out hope. She might just be backlogged. She might not be checking like her business email. And I just sent it a couple days ago. So hopefully we can get her on. I would love to get her on while we're still sort of in like the sorority rush world because obviously so many schools are still rushing. Speaking of sororities, I'm ashamed to say that my viral TikTok discussing la- that I discussed last week is now at over 300,000 ca- 300, views. It's been shared over a thousand times. Uh, I continue to be disappointed that I didn't shout out kind of cute in that TikTok, but it is uh, mentioned in my bio. So hopefully if any viewers came or um, any listeners came from my TikTok, welcome. I hope you like it here. Please stick around. The best news I've heard this week is that Never Have I Ever was renewed for a third season. You guys know I am obsessed with Never Have I Ever. It's the Mindy Kaling show. It's on Netflix. If you haven't watched it yet, it's such a quick binge. It's such a, like, to me, it is a perfect show. The music's amazing. The characters are amazing. It's funny. It has that classic Mindy Kaling humor. The characters have depth. It discusses grief in this really beautiful way. I just could talk about it forever. I love that the Debbie, the main character is, you know, smart and ambitious, but yet she still cares about a lot of the like superficial things that teens care about. And that is something that spoke to me as being like an ambitious teenager in high school. You know, she's, she's not one dimensional and she's not just like the popular girl. And I think that that's an underrepresented trope in teen movies, teen TV shows. So I just love it so much. I don't know when it's coming out, but I'm just elated. Y'all know I also cannot resist talking about the Cats movie, even though I know it came out forever ago. But Jennifer Hudson, who plays Grizabella, uh, she's the one who sings the famous Memories song. Her singing of that song was kind of widely... uh, lampooned because she had full-on snot coming out of her nose but she sang it I mean girl put it all on the line she did not care about the snot coming out of her nose as she was bawling crying and memory is a very emotional song it comes at a very emotional time in the play in the movie but this is what she had to say 
about the movie. She says, I think it was a bit overwhelming. It's unfortunate that it was misunderstood. I think later down the line, people will see it differently. But it's something I'm still very proud of and grateful to have been a part of. Yeah, I got to be Grizabella the Glamour Cat. And the article says that she enjoyed the experience so much. She got two cats and named one after Grizabella and one after McCavity, which Idris Elba plays. And um, she says they're the best thing I've ever had. I love them so much about her cats. So I like that she's sticking up for it because some of the people who are in the movie, like James Corden, like just like talked shit about it or like didn't promote it at all. So I love that Jennifer Hudson is owning it. And I really do think in like 20 years from now, Cats the movie will be sort of a cult classic because there's just (laughs) there's a lot to dissect in it. There's a lot to laugh about. I think it'll be something people watch while they're high. You know, so I love that she's just owning it. I love that she has two little cats named after it. Maybe this might be the last time I talk about cats. No, I probably won't be. Who am I kidding? Okay, on to our first cut article of the day. Mariah Carey is launching a line of Irish cream by Mia Mercado. Now, Mia writes, despite her eternal youth, the celebrity relaunching an alcohol brand is unsurprising. What is surprising is her liquor of choice. Rather than an always be my Bordeaux or a diamond encrusted bottle of champagne, Carrie has come out with a line of Irish cream liqueurs, a bewildering and an unexpected choice. But cheers, I guess. It's called Black Irish, and Mia writes that it's an homage to her Black Venezuelan and Irish heritage, and it's been two years in the making. Um, it comes in three flavors, original, white chocolate, and salted caramel. And personally, me, Bailey speaking, I will take one of each. Um, I think they sound so delicious. I I just want to try them all. And on her Insta post that she posted promoting it, it's hilarious. She's wearing this full-length sequin gown. It has long sleeves completely down to the bottom, the floor. She's laying in the sand with the bottle in front of her. I mean, that sand is going to be in all those sequins. It's just so Mariah Carey. I love it. The bottle kind of looks like like I thought she would go a little bit more glam because it looks like your traditional Irish cream bottle, which I can't really explain, but Irish cream bottles always have like a certain look to them and hers kind of fits in with that. So I don't think it's going to stand out too much like on the shelf. So maybe she doesn't want like when people go to buy it, maybe she doesn't want people to think like, oh, this is Mariah Carey's brand. Um, Because I feel like a lot of times when celebrities come out with alcohols, they distance it from their celebrity brand. Like with uh ryan reynolds gin and then you have casamigos you know when you just look at the bottle you don't know it doesn't scream celebrity and same with like miraval uh brad pitt and angelina jolie's rose wine um (laughs) and then mia writes i will say the announcement leaves us with more questions than answers will there be a holiday edition of the liqueur flavored with nutmeg and best enjoy while listening to all i want for christmas is you My opinion is obviously yes. I mean, if she didn't partake in that obvious money grab, she wouldn't be Mariah Carey. And it would truly be a missed opportunity. Like, I cannot wait. That might be what I have to hold out for, like a nice little uh, birthday present to myself since my birthday is three days after Christmas. I can't think of anything better than like on Christmas Eve drinking a nice little cup of Mariah Carey's Black Irish. Um And then Mia writes, how does Black Irish pair with Mariah Carey's 2016 diet in which she only ate Norwegian salmon and capers? So clearly I had to look into this because I was not aware of this. And it led me to a Today Show article, which says she only eats these two things every day. Um, 
The quote says, it's really hard. My diet, you would hate it, Carrie told E! News while promoting her upcoming reality TV show. Also forgot about that. Wow. When she was like married to that dude. All you eat is Norwegian salmon and capers every day. That's it. So clearly it's just like a low carb diet. But honey, like mix it up a little bit. Like you could throw some eggs in there. You could throw in some bacon. Like why is it just salmon? <laughs> um, so thank you, Mia, for bringing up that unknown memory to me. And it's only like $30 and I saw some places had it on sale for $24, but I don't know where I can buy it near me. So I need Total Wine to stock this. I need ABC Liquors to stock this because I will be purchasing it. All right, next up, OnlyFans is pulling a Tumblr and banning sexually explicit content by Justin Curto. OnlyFans is banning sexually explicit content from its platform with the app chalking up the decision to banking and payment partners. Bloomberg reported on August 19th that the ban will go into effect in October to ensure the long-term sustainability of our platform and to continue to host an inclusive community of creators and fans, per an OnlyFans statement. It says that the new rules leave some leeway for creators because nude, nude content will still be allowed in line with the platform's acceptable use policy. Um, and then OnlyFans said it would provide more clarity soon. So I wonder if this has OnlyFans creators shaking in their boots because I'm guessing what it means by sexually explicit content is stuff more along like the actual porn lines, like showing like penetration, stuff like that versus just nude photos and videos, which I guess they're considering more tasteful and like that's going to still be allowed. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how creators kind of get around these rules. And I'm sure that people will push the boundaries because this has to come as a shock to a lot of people who are using this as a way to basically distribute porn. And it says that this isn't the first time that the app has placed regulations on its sexual content, which I didn't realize because they previously had a ban on public sex, which they enforced with little warning back in March. And um, I've actually, it's funny because I'm, I'm so obsessed like talking about OnlyFans, which if you're not familiar, is a online social media platform. It's pay for, it's subscription based. You pay a monthly subscription. I think the lowest rate that you can start at is around $5. And it allows people to post more um, sexually free things than what you could post on like a YouTube or a Instagram. Um, and people have made buku bucks on it. Because it allows people to take this into their own hands, even though OnlyFans takes a pretty significant cut. I want to say last time I checked, it was 20%. People are still making millions and millions of dollars on OnlyFans content. Um, so again, I it's interesting to me. I, I wonder if this is sort of the beginning of the end for the app. And I think if it is, something will just come in and take its place. So it's an interesting business move to me because people are always going to find a way to distribute porn. So if you don't – if and now people have the idea that something like an OnlyFans can work, I just think it'll shift to a different platform if their restrictions become too much. Um, also, the public sex thing, like who knew that like public sex on OnlyFans was like happening a lot, but I guess it was if they felt the need to ban it. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't know if that's relevant to any of you guys, but I thought it was interesting. And – our next article is the student obsessed with their ex's new celebrity fling, as told to Alyssa Shalaski. And this is the Cuts series of articles called Sex Diaries. And I did not mean for this to be a sexy, heavy episode. I mean, starting out from Mariah Carey and leading to this, like, 
wow, it's just all sexy. But you guys know I rarely cover the cut sex diaries because I feel like 96% of them are either fake or heavily elaborated or the people are so insufferable that I feel gross discussing them or I just feel uncomfy discussing them because secretly I'm a prude. But this one had some celebrity elements, so I couldn't resist. If you aren't familiar with the cut sex diaries, it's kind of like a money diary if you're familiar with those from Refinery29 where they take a week of someone's spending and the person talks about like walks through their entire week and like what they spent money on and their mental state. So this is just people's mental state around like who they're dating, sex, love, crushes, etc. This one is about a college student who is 21, single, and from Brooklyn, lives in Brooklyn, and they don't identify the person's pronouns at the beginning of the article. And so the whole time I was reading this, I was assuming it was uh, someone who currently identified as a woman, a woman, but as you get through it, it's someone who wants to transition into a woman. So that was like a whole other twist to this. So the thing that struck me right off the bat is that this person, they share a twin mattress with their roommate and they never use real names in this. So she, they refer to their roommate as S and I'm just like, can you imagine consistently sharing a twin bed with someone like for a night or two? Okay. Living that way. It's times like this where I'm like, oh, I would love, like I totally romanticize the idea of living in New York, but my poor ass would probably be in a similar living situation. And that is just something I cannot do at 32 years old. Absolutely not. Like I get that she is 21 and I'm not saying I'd actually be in a twin bed, but I probably definitely have to have roommates. Um, and it just because I would if I moved to New York, I would not be a lawyer. I wouldn't want to retake the New York bar. I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. So I just feel like that would be a pointless path for me to go down because obviously I know lawyers can make good money. But the cost of living in New York, it's just so insane that I just know again that like I would be in some whack ass living situation. And again, it's kind of just like I just feel so old for so many things now not to go on a complete tangent, but I'm at the point where like I will spend more money for my convenience and comfort. And I'm sure there's other people, you know, millennials like myself who feel the same way. Um, If it means just not having to like sleep on the ground or on an air mattress, I will pay hundreds of dollars more. I'm not saying like I'm upgrading to business class or first class. I have never done that. But I am saying like I will not take, you know, a flight with three connections to save myself $50. Or I will not like park a million miles away from the airport to save $25 to take the bus over. You know, like there's just certain, I guess a lot of it has to do with travel or the things that like I just do not compromise my comfort over. Anyways, this person um, is interning at an art studio. This sounds like a very cool hipster Brooklyn person. And again, the part I'm getting to this is like, I, I just want to talk about the fact that the celebrity element. So this person says, I imagine it's quarantine and our days are nothing but sex, Zoom class, sex, dinner, the real housewives of Potomac and sex. Because she talk, they talk about dating a person named G and spending time together in the Poconos. And they're telling their roommate S how much they are missing G and they need to stop spending all their time romanticizing this man that they can't be with. So then... They, the main character of this sex diary, they log on and they realize that when G had accidentally swapped computers with them, that 
they didn't log out of their Gmail. So they get on, sneaky deaky, get on there. They find a boarding pass going to Germany. And they write, I wonder if he's there with the Gen Z celebrity he's trying to date. And this is the first time it's mentioned in the in the diary. And then I become obsessed. I'm like, but who is the Gen Z celebrity? I don't even know if it's a, a man or a woman. And this makes this person completely break down. They're losing their fucking mind. They're going to therapy and just talking all about this. And again, like can, losing their mind over G potentially dating a Gen Z celebrity. So they start scouring the fan pages of this Gen Z celebrity, trying to find an update, cannot find anything about G with the Gen Z celebrity. They drink straight tequila on the floor of their kitchen like they're on Euphoria. Hunter Schaefer is my Jesus, they say. I mean, again, the Gen Z of this all is just oozing out. And I'm just, this is this is why I don't talk about sex diaries. So I'm like, is this real? Do people live their lives like this? Literally, I come home from work. I don't see anyone. I don't talk to anyone. I plop down on the couch and marathon watch Netflix. If you're wondering like what I do on a weekday, that is it. Um, recently, I've been binging The Servant, which is an M. Night uh, Shyamalan, Shyamalan, Shyamalan Ding Dong um, show on Apple TV. And it is so unsettling. It is so odd. It might be the most unsettling M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> thing I've ever watched um yeah so when people live these lives like this I'm just like huh (laughs) so this person again is checking the Gen C celebrities fan pages fan pages meticulously they write uh and just not finding anything but then says it's also somehow alluring and I get a little turned on thinking about them in a hotel in Europe together okay um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just skipping through a lot of this because it's, it, it, <laughs> it's too much for me. Then they talk about watching an episode of Gossip Girl, the first one, and spending 30 minutes debriefing how much we hated it. And I have to agree, like, I keep watching Gossip Girl, and it just has so much potential, and it's just so left on the floor. There is no discernible storyline the storylines that they do pick up on are just awful i hate when they have sisters not getting along or female friendships not getting along i'm like really you're gonna have yourself like get with this dude but we're not gonna focus on the power of female friendships like absolutely they're not i know serena and blair had their issues but it's different like this show the sisters not getting along is so ugh, i hate it if you've watched it you know what i mean I also love in this diary that the diarist is very focused on their chakras. They talk about listening to a podcast about chakras and how they haven't been paying enough attention to their crown chakra. They calm themselves down by thrifting. And the only sort of wrap up we get about this Gen Z celebrity, which makes me think, was this all in their head all along? It says she meets up with, they meet up with their friend. I'm so sorry. I keep messing up the pronouns. Um, they meet up with their friend L, and L knows G, the person that they're obsessing over. And L says that the Gen Z celebrity is not in Europe with G. But L, G, and the Gen Z celebrity all did shrooms together the last weekend. 
And the diarist says, when I tell you I gasped, and I mean, same, you guys know I want to do shrooms. And the idea of doing shrooms with a Gen Z celebrity, like, sign me the hell up. So there's really no wrap up with these um, diaries because it's just a seven day snapshot of the person's life. But again, I just am perpetually perplexed that people in New York live these wild lives. And it almost makes me feel like I could never live in New York because I would feel constant FOMO. I would feel so guilty about like just being in my apartment watching Netflix that it would eat me up inside. Like I think I would be on constant state of on edge and um, I I just couldn't deal with it. Okay, so that's enough of that. (laughs) On to our I think about this a lot. I feel like I haven't done and I think about this a lot in a while. And one of the things I think about a lot is, and this may only be applicable to the South, but whenever you are driving in the South, there, and by South I'm including Florida in that because it starts really happening like the closer to North Florida you get, you start seeing billboards about Jesus not aborting your baby and there's one sign that is my particular favorite I know I've I've had to have mentioned it on here because it's just plays in my mind way too often it is a picture of a baby seal holding a baby it's it's a drawing like an animated picture and it says save the baby humans because you know how there's that big thing about save the baby seals but instead it says save the baby humans and at the bottom is a number and it's always something like 1-800-JESUS or 1-800-GET-THE-TRUTH and I'm telling you there's tons of these billboards they have I wish I could remember some of the messages on other ones but it's basically always like you are not alone Jesus is here for you and my understanding is that these billboards to enact them on or erect them on a major highway is very expensive And the fact that these have been there for years, like as long as I can remember, I'm just like, how much money goes into these and who is funding these? Because it's not clear. It's not like, oh, you know, the Catholic paid for by the Catholic church. It doesn't say who pays for them. And it just nags at me all the time. But shockingly, I've never looked up who actually pays for them. So I did some quick Googling, finally, for the first time in my life to figure this out. And Apparently, there are tons of different organizations that fund these billboards. So one of them is called Answers in Genesis, and they apparently have a $20 million budget focused on exposing, quote, the bankruptcy of evolutionary ideas. And they also own the Creation Museum in Kentucky, which depicts humans living alongside dinosaurs. It apparently employs 300 people and They're in the process as of this article, I think is from like 2017. It said they were in the process of building a $29.5 million Noah's Ark theme park. And then there's another one called Christian Aid Ministries. They're a major organization with billboards all across America. And it says that a lot of their budget goes to things like charity, food and aid and disaster relief. But a lot of their funding for billboards actually comes from fundraising at their local churches. Again, you would think they would like want credit for the fact that they're putting up these billboards. But like I said, at least the ones in Florida, you never see who actually puts them up. And then I was reading another article. This one's kind of focused in Ohio. And I guess they have a lot of these in Ohio too. Um, 
it says, this is a quote, it says, we're all trying to convince people of the same thing, their need for Christ, said Ron Carter, administrator of the Evangelical Solid Rock Church. So a lot of these do come from evangelical churches. And and it seems like some of these are kind of just individuals deciding this is their calling. There's two huge ones in Ohio that say, if you died today, where would you spend eternity? And hell is real. And the hell is real one is terrifying. It's like all black, huge, like red and white letters. And these were apparently designed by a real estate developer named Jimmy Harston. They cost him about $8,000 each, which again, I thought like you had to pay a continuing cost to keep these up. So maybe that's something I need to look more into because I guess if it's just like an $8,000 flat fee, it's not as bad. Um, it, apparently, these are just two of the many he has erected across the South and the Midwest United States. So I wonder if he's done any Florida ones. He says, the Lord called me to do this about three years ago, said Harston, adding God cured him of cancer at that time. I fear the Lord and I have to do this or face the consequences. I mean, is it just me or like, should you be scared of your God? Isn't God supposed to be like all loving? Again, I know I'm just coming from such a place of ignorance because I'm not particularly, I'm not at all religious, but that just sounds a little bit scary. <laughs> it says the biblical messages range from Jesus saves to, oh, here, here's a nice one. Use the rod on your children and save their life. I'm not sure what corporal punishment has to do with uh, God, but okay, go off. And it says many assume it's only religious conservatives who raise Christian road signs in America, but Bob and Han Nancy Hall are proud Democrats who answered one of Harston's newspaper ads seeking land by the interstate to erect a billboard. They said, I've been thinking of putting a sign up myself, something thought provoking. He doesn't think the hell is real sign is particularly foreboding. I do, <laughs> but said a sign about Jesus might be nice too. You can't put it all up. He said, I don't know, guys. Am I the only one shook by these billboards? I feel like I want to like keep looking at this now. There's so many articles about it. There's an article called The South's Billboard Holy War, the money behind those end-time billboards, as billboard evangelism expands, blah, blah, blah. I mean, again, I'm just glad that I'm not the only person who has been very curious about how these come to be. And I like there is something very compelling about them. There are a lot of billboards that I just don't even look at. When I see these scary Jesus ones, I almost run off the road. And I've seen them a million times. Anyways, <laughs> let's get to our legit shit for today. I'm sorry if this is kind of like a short episode. Um, you know, at least I'm recording it semi on time, okay? So my legit shit for this week is called tend skin solution i put a link for it in the show notes you can get it from ulta you can get it from like walgreens cvs and i've actually had this in my bathroom for so long and was like never diligent about using it but recently i've been getting really bad um irritation and like ingrown hairs weirdly on the area above my knees like on my thigh area and it's annoying because you can see them when I wear a dress like it's all these little red spots and then I pick at them and I make them worse and it's just a whole thing but this solution I've started a new way of putting it on like when I was using it before I would put it on like a cotton ball and I just felt like that wasn't doing the job but now I just pour it in my hand and just slap it on wherever I don't want to get ingrown hairs and it's watery it kind of smells like um an alcohol like rubbing alcohol but I swear guys it's really been helping use it after you shave a sensitive area put it on it it stings for maybe like one second if it's like a really fresh save but it's not that bad and 
then I've also been putting it on spots I already have. And I swear it is like magically healing my little ingrown hairs, my little irritations. So give it a try. Let me know if it works for you. And I will see you next week. Bye.